Well, good morning. Welcome to the Real World Podcast, and my name is Bobby, and uh, Brian is actually not going to be with us today, but I have a guest speaker, and we are here to talk about elder abuse, and my guest speaker for today is Stacy Blessings Matthew, and Stacy is going to be discussing ways to hopefully keep your loved ones from experiencing elder abuse. If they happen to be in a situation that may be abusive, hopefully by the end of this podcast, you'll be able to get them the help that they need. Welcome, Stacy. Bobby, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I want to disclose that the one on television, um, a lot of this is derived from personal experience and from research. So hopefully it'll be not more entertaining, but informational for people. Absolutely. And and so what we do on the Real World Podcast is what we try to do is we try to bring awareness to things. We never claim to be experts in any of the topics that we talk about. We generally have some kind of experience or maybe we have a passion or a desire to uh, talk about them because it's a real world issue that that we want to draw attention to. And, you know, when it comes to elder abuse, I have to tell you, I really... pardon me, I really, like, hadn't really thought about it. And, you know, I, I guess I just didn't realize how big of an issue it was. And um, just to set the tone, so my father lives with us. My mom passed away six and a half years ago. And after that, a couple years ago, my father sold his home and Um, he moved in with us. We bought a home where he has his own separate living quarters. It's called a generational suite. And so there's an internal door. He has his own external door so he can come and go. But there's an internal door to our home so that um, we're connected. And um, so we can keep an eye on him, but yet he has his own place. And so I think it's really kind of the best of both worlds. Um, Also, to set this up, my grandmother, his mother, lived with them for about 10 years before she passed away. And then my mom's mom had lived in a home for about eight years. Uh, She had Alzheimer's, and she didn't know anybody after the first six months of living in the home. She didn't know anybody. It It was hard. It was really hard to go there. And then my husband's grandmother, excuse me, she lived in this amazing park-like setting. She also had Alzheimer's, but her environment was just, it was, it was like a tale of two worlds, you know, between my grandmother and his grandmother in terms of the setting and everything. Um, so there's just so many different aspects to taking care of the elderly. And so I guess I just never realized or never really thought much about elder abuse. I know my friends and I, um, some other friends have been taking care of their parents and we kind of joke about it like, hey, let's swap parents for a week or two because we kind of get frustrated with our own parents in terms of like maybe what their issues are, (laughs) you know? Um, But we're, you know, we're not serious about that. And we, you know, um, it it can be hard because when you're taking care of a parent, you know, these were your parents. And so they took care of you and then you turn around and you're taking care of them and they really do kind of regress and, it's kind of weird being the child being the parent, if you know what I mean. So, so it can be a challenge, um, but obviously there's a difference between being frustrated with a parent than 
abusing a parent. And so what I wanted to do before um, Stacy jumps in is I wanted to just go in and define what elder abuse is and the types of abuse, and then I'm going to turn it over to her. So elder abuse is, <clears throat> pardon me, refers to any knowing, intentional, or negligent act by a caregiver or any other person that causes harm or serious risk of harm to an older adult. Legislatures in all 50 states have passed some form of elder abuse prevention laws. And I have drawn this information from the National Center on Elder Abuse, which is the ncea.acl.gov. So the different types of abuse would be physical slash mental abuse, and that's, you know, intentional use of physical force or, um, you know, I guess with regard to mental would be inflicting any kind of mental injury, you know, verbally abusing and so forth. Sexual, and that would be non-consexual uh, contact of any kind. Neglect, where they fail to provide food, shelter, health care, protection. Financial, if you misappropriate an older person's money or property. Emotional, I guess that would really be the mental. That would be inflicting mental pain, anguish, or distress on a person. And then self-neglect, a person who fails to perform self-care tasks such that it threatens his or her own health care or safety. So with that, um, I am going to turn it over to Stacy. Uh, thanks, Bobby. What Bobby mentioned is very important when it comes to abuse. If you are being abused and you're any age, dial 911 and let the operator know what's going on. Um, I can't stress that enough. Um, when we're talking about the older population, uh, talk a little bit about the pandemic real quick. When the pandemic occurred, a lot of people stopped visiting nursing homes and a lot of people stopped visiting the elderly. And what I've seen on the news, reading the newspaper, on the internet, there is an uptick in abuse, and we'll talk a little bit about intervention, and we'll talk about some steps that we can do for that. And a lot of what I have is financial more than anything. Uh, if Please go to consumerfinance.gov. You're going to find a ton of information, especially if you want to help your loved ones, uh, neighbor, uh, church member, or anything like that. Um, the main thing is, if you see something, say something, or at least make a mental note of it. Uh, we're going to talk about successful intervention, and there's four key steps. It's to prevent, recognize, record, and report. Uh, this is on the consumerfinance.gov website. It talks about preventing. Educate yourself, your loved ones, and your, and your community. Recognize is spot the warning signs and take action. Record is to document what you observe. And report is to tell the appropriate authorities so they can investigate and help. Um, I think from a personal standpoint, journal everything, especially if it's a loved one. You want to journal their health history, what type of meds that they're taking when their meds changed, if you know that, and their finances, who is doing their finances, um, We'll touch more about finances a little bit later here. Uh, there's some warning signs for fraud and um, financial exploitation. Unexplained withdrawals from your bank. Um, 
charges to your credit card or missing cash, loss of unpaid bills, requests to keep conversations or relationships a secret, uh, requests to send money via wire transfer, gift cards, prepaid money cards. Um, you can also throw in cryptocurrency nowadays. Um, you also want to look at um, there's a big pressure for people to act immediately. You have to do it now. Um, that or there's even people that will try to fraud you by guaranteeing that you're going to make money out of it. And there's also that ability that you might not see that loved one because they're going to isolate themselves from you and from their friends, from their church, from anything that is normal. So if Aunt Edna has a a quilting bee that she goes to all the time and she stops going, that could be an actual red flag to something. And then also threats of harm, neglect, abandonment, or removal from your home. Um, anytime you want to ask a question, Bobby, feel free to, free to jump on in. Um, sure. When we're talking about people that are at risk, it's older adults that are socially isolated. Um, COVID has done a number mm. on all the different ages and the older adults, you know, a lot of them, they faded really fast. They got sicker quicker. And I think a lot of it had to do with the isolation. Um, that's my opinion, of course. Um, also, Older adults who rely on family members or friends to handle their finances. I can't stress enough that it's okay to have a couple people that aren't related or aren't in the same household look at the finances if they have to, mm -hmm. just so you can get an idea of what, uh, we'll, we'll talk about Aunt Edna a lot, I guess. I usually, Bob is usually my go-to name, so I have to stop and not use Bob. So I'll, <laughs> I'll use, I'll use Edna. There you so, go. Um, uh, well, let me tell you what, what we did when my mom passed away. My dad sold his home. Um, my dad basically, he segregated it into a couple different savings in his checking and everything like that. But both my brother and I, who doesn't live with my father, um, we are all on all of the accounts. And so what I do is periodically, I just go out there and look at the accounts just to make sure that there isn't any unusual activity. Um, of course, I'd be the like primary person that could be taking it because he lives here. And, you know, like I'm, you know, I have access to the account and everything. Um, but my brother is also on the account. And so you know, he has a responsibility to check that as well. Um, From so. a sibling standpoint, I would always suggest that since you're the primary caregiver, mm -hmm. have a little financial book and say, well, dad bought a new TV or well, dad he still really takes, wanted He still takes care of everything, though. Like, he's, mm -hmm. we're not at that point. So that's, he still takes great. care of everything. He just turned 86 and he's still all 100% there, still drives, goes to the store, goes to the pet store to buy his little doggy stuff. And um, so, you know, it's like one of those things that I'm grateful for and I'm not looking forward to the next phase because, you know, I just, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I just, I don't think anybody looks forward to that. Um, not wanting to have to do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because I will take that very seriously in terms of making sure everything is logged. 
um, making sure that my brother knows that everything's that. But my brother's really reasonable, and he knows. My brother actually used to spend a couple nights a week with my parents for a while because of where he was working. He would spend a couple nights a week. So he's really familiar, and he talks to my dad virtually every day. He calls him. So he's he's aware of what's going on. And um, even though he doesn't live, like, close, close, but he's about 50 miles away. <clears throat> so close enough to drive to, but not close enough to like, you know, pop in. So they talk on the phone a lot. Yeah. I, I really want to applaud you and your brother because every family dynamic is different. And mm-hmm. if you have a family dynamic where there's any sort of bitterness or um, expectations, some people expect certain things and you really need to sit down and, and talk to your parent, your loved one about what's going on and who does what and make sure that whoever the loved one is, that they tell you so-and-so is helping me with this, you know, make that communication out there that people know what's going on continually and record it. If you can, um, mm. I'll, I'll mention from time to time, it's okay to, Say, hey, dad, or hey, loved one, I'm going to record you saying this. I I just want it documented. And you may eventually have to go to an elder law attorney and talk to them and make sure that everything that you're doing is on the up and up. And I don't want to say legal, but Mm -hmm. make sure that nothing can come back on you. Mm -hmm. Because there are some legal implications if something were to happen sometimes it could involve your homeowner's insurance and stuff like that. So, um, which kind of is a segue to the next level of what an older adult goes through and that's cognitive impairment, memory issues, and just older adults, you know, even being widowed could add to that emotional distress and can cognitively put you in a decline. So, be very wary of that. And I can't stress enough. I'll I'll say journal a lot and you can have your own separate journals or you can say, well, I'm not going to do that. That's fine. Make some mental notes about when your loved one does certain things. You know, a lot of disabilities occur. A lot of broken bones occur as we age and it's harder for us to heal. And that can Ultimately, especially if that loved one's by themselves, it it could lead to some sort of exploitation Mm. and um, financial fraud, physical abuse, mental abuse, that all can happen. And when we're talking about physical abuse, it's more than just um, harming someone and, you know, bludgeoning them or making them bleed or something like that. There there are other ways that, that you can be abused. And, and not even know it. So just be mindful that um, I'll also talk about a few social service programs that you can look at. Um, I'll primarily be talking about the state of Ohio because that's the state I live in. And that's the state that um, I, I literally had a loved one and we had to go through different stages and eventually get that loved one to be in a, in a, nursing home to, to keep him safe. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but with financial fraud, there are cert- 
certain types of scams that target older adults. And there are a few here that um, I didn't even really realize until I was researching it, but there's imposter scams, romance scams, grandparent scams, sweepstakes, lottery scams. Um, there's also financial fraud and exploitation of unauthorized sales of their personal property. Um, when we talk about imposter scams, it's someone pretending to be from the IRS. Um, you might have heard people mm-hmm. say that uh, you see on Facebook yes. all the time. Well, they'll pick on that social media that someone says they're from Microsoft and they want to charge you $50 and then they end up getting you to give you their information. Sometimes you'll give them your social security number. You'll give them your bank account number, your credit card just to pay $50 to protect your computer from a virus. And it really isn't a virus. It is them exploiting you. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Romance scams. Someone may, and then in quotes on the website says, meet you online or over the phone, develop a relationship. Those type of scammers, if, if pop or Edna or anyone ever goes to the local um, dine diner, the local fast food place every morning for their cup of joe. Be wary of that. You, you want to make sure that you know they're not meeting someone who is trying to be their friend, but actually trying to exploit them. Yeah, so, let me if I could just interject on that. Um, yes, you know, I used to be um, manage uh, human resources uh, when I worked with the County of Riverside in the assessor's office. And um, we actually had an employee who was an older employee. And she, it was so sad because she was exploited and ended up uh, losing about $50,000 to a scammer. And it was happening via work, like (laughs) via work computer. And um, it was just really, really sad. And that the, that's the reason, like, we were even involved was because this was all happening through the work computer. And, um, yeah, just it's, it's just hard to comprehend how people can just do that to older people. Like, you know, it's just so evil. It's and a lot so of evil. it is it romance related. It's, it's someone that's just a friend that is listening. And sometimes when a loved one is is talking to you, and in your family member, you kind of do the same old, same old. And those love those loved ones. Sometimes they have to. You have to take a minute, and and think on the terms of that older person, how they're feeling, and and, and try to see their point of view that whatever they're trying to say is not getting across and we'll have that romance scam where someone will say, I totally agree with you. You're so right. Yeah. And you know, and I, in this particular case, it was that, and I believe, you know, here's the thing. It's like, I think, especially as you get older, you could be more lonely, right? Especially if you live by yourself and, um, you know, they are definitely exploited through all of these means. And, you know, it's easy to understand how somebody could, if they're not savvy, you know, that they could succumb to this. And um, this was, that's what happened with this person. And it was just so sad. We were just all just devastated by 
this happening. And um, did they recoup anything? No, not, I mean, just, uh, let's put it this way. We don't, we're not aware that they did. I don't, I doubt okay. that they did. Yeah. And that's sad that that happened. And, you know, all these scams, they want money or they want things or they want your things. So those romance mm-hmm. scams, you know, here's Edna and, and she meets Bill and, and she gives Bill her late husband's, you know, antique watch or something like that or radio or car or what, whatnot. It's those prized possessions that are disappearing. And again, you want to like make a little journal or a little ledger of certain things and, and go over it with your loved one. You don't have to be sneaky about it. Go over the things that they have. Mm Because, you know, Edna might, might say, I want little Bobby to have my quilt or I want little Bobby to have my candlesticks that are four generations and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talking about scams, we have grandparent scams where someone will pretend to be your grandchild. Right. Me, pretend to be your grandchild and want right. money. And that happens all the time. I've it's heard about media. that. Wow. It's all just so sad. It's just so sad where they get a call. I've also heard where they get a call. It's so-and-so that's in jail. And yeah, yeah and they need to send them, you know, have them send money. So they can get out of jail. Yeah. It's just so, so sad. And yeah. and talking about the IRS, they'll never ask for gift cards. They'll they'll never ask for anything right. like that. Right. The government won't really call you ever. It right. Does, it doesn't work that way. Right. They uh, don't usually call. you're the one that's on hold <laughs> for an hour or two, that sort right. of thing. Um, and then another one is sweepstakes and lottery scams where they say you falsely won something and this is a big pitfall, especially with the older generations, because what do they love to do? Little scratch off lottery tickets. You know, you have nothing else to do. So you play the lottery every now and then mm-hmm. or bingo or something like that. Um, we, I have family that's big fans of bingo. So I, I'm not going to pick too much on that. Yeah, they want you to give them money in order for them to give you money. It doesn't work. Right, exactly. And um, I am am grateful that at this point in time, my father still, like he recognizes that, you know, when he first got his iPhone, uh, he got a new iPhone 11 or something like a year or two ago. And it really scared me because I thought, oh, he's because he's not savvy at all with that kind of thing. And I was really concerned that he could be so easily manipulated um, through that. And because he you just can, you can, it, it's ridiculous. right, right. And so what I'm thankful for is that he's a little <clears throat> like anal. He doesn't like anything. Like if he gets an email, he has to delete it right away. He's he's actually deleted things that he shouldn't have deleted because he just didn't want to see it on his phone. He likes it to be really clean. <laughs> so and I get the mail every day. And uh, so I see what's coming in the mail. And so. You know, I, at this point, so far, so good. But it is something that we have to be vigilant about. And, and I would say we, we did invest in some of the older AARP phones and stuff like that for a loved one. And 
it got to the point of the dexterity of the hands made it quite difficult and mm-hmm. would end up calling 911 a lot mm-hmm. because there's an emergency feature. So be be careful. Stuff yeah. Like that. Yeah. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about personal property. And sometimes it's a touchy subject when it comes to family members. Just when you're talking to someone or when you're talking within the family members, again, if you have a little video thing recording, again, that's my opinion. Um, again, I'm not a lawyer, mm-hmm. but have, have something documented. Um, if you have someone that is your power of attorney, they can change a lot of things. So you want to make sure that you're diligently watching for stuff like that. Um, If you're a power of attorney, at one point you could change the people on the life insurance. You can change certain things within wills. So be very careful that you just don't, you really want to trust the people that you have for your power of attorney. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're talking fiscal. Uh, There's medical too. You'd want everybody to know if you had a DNR, do not resuscitate, or mm-hmm. if you did want them to perform acts to keep you alive, that sort of thing. Um, it's a little bit of a touchy thing to talk about, and there is theft of money. And when we talk about money, that's credit cards, too. If you know mm-hmm. that Aunt Edna's sick and you want to fraud Aunt Edna, you can get 20 credit cards right now approved. Just by knowing her social and knowing her maiden, her mom's maiden name, that sort of thing, which relatives of friends, family, right. unfortunately do. So, Well, can we talk about that? Okay. Like as yeah. far as the cases, so most cases of elder abuse are by known and trusted people, right? Family members, friends, yeah. Yeah, service providers. Um, that was one of the things, you know, like... <clears throat> You know, I'm here um, the majority of the time, but I do work a couple days a week with my husband. And uh, before I was watching my grandkids a couple days a week, and I still watch them periodically, but it's not like a regular thing. But, you know, I know that my dad has talked before about maybe having somebody come in for a few hours a day. And I've just been so leery about that, like, because um, my brother had, had someone doing that and he was great, but... I don't know. I'm just like leery about a stranger coming in and just because my dad is very generous and like I could I could just see how easily I know he was just talking um, a couple weeks ago about how somebody at uh, at church had her car stolen and how he would love to buy her a car. And I mean, I think that would be really sweet and generous, but it's like, where does it stop? And, um, (laughs) yeah, it just, you have to, you have to worry about stuff like that. And it kind of segues a little bit into Esther's law for the state of Ohio. We literally will be enacting Esther's law in Ohio and it's where we can record in nursing homes and rehabilitation places for your dad. Mm -hmm. Hire someone, but tell them I'm going to record you and record them. Yeah, I wonder if it that's would, available in California. So I'm in California. So, you I, know, I California is so strict about things. So it's kind of like, you know, yeah, you always hear. Yeah, you have to 
talk to someone about that. But yeah. if you have cameras in your home and you're already recording people, if you have something already out there. I'll have to research that. You know, again, you know, until I was, we were planning to do this particular um, segment on Real World Podcasts, I really hadn't thought about a lot of these aspects. And so I'm thankful for you, Stacy, and that you're bringing all this information to us um, to make us aware of all of these things, because like I said, I probably most of it I hadn't thought about, like it's clear when you talk about like physical abuse, like, you know, whether, you know, if you're physically abusing anyone, it's a problem, but you know, um, physically abusing an elder. I mean, it is something that we hear about or read about on the news and I guess maybe touched on financial, like sometimes where there's various scams and things like that, but I just never like, I don't know. I guess because I haven't experienced it, I it just hasn't really hit home. And until I was reading all of this uh, detail, reading all these details, and recognizing, you know, what a problem it is. And when I was doing my research, um, and that came from also that that National Center on Elder Abuse. Um, it says about one in ten older people that live independently are affected by abuse, and that is just so scary. I know like when my father, so my father moved in with us, my father-in-law, believe it or not, our moms, uh, my husband and I, Dave, Dave, my husband and I are, we lost our moms nine days apart in November of 2015, both unexpected. And it was just crazy. So one here in California and one in Pennsylvania And the challenge with Pennsylvania is that we're not close by. And so although he had two brothers that lived close by and uh, some grandchildren, so so that was helpful. But ultimately, about three or four years ago, our niece and her daughter moved in with my father-in-law. And I tell you, it's been so wonderful. And because we know that he's taken care of and she's, you know, they're just awesome to her and so you know ironically so when we're talking about like financial abuse like we've all agreed like so they've moved in there with him and we've all agreed like I'm like you know Dave you need to talk to your brothers and everything we need to all agree that when he dies that house is theirs because they have been taking care of him for years and you know and it's like really that's a pre-planning thing yes and yes I can't stress enough go prepare something legally yeah Mm -hmm. well I believe that that. they did after that it was kind of like one of these things that we when we visited last year we made it clear to our children as well as his brothers my husband's brothers that this is what we agree to and everybody agreed you know like we all support this I mean they have been taking care of him I mean he has some serious health issues he has to be on he has to go to dialysis a couple times a week and 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 like they have just done an amazing job and we're like they need this house they've been living here it's like they take care of him this is theirs we don't even want that to be a question (laughs) my, my suggestion for for people that are thinking about having a loved one or having someone come in do background checks Yes, for and sure. Don't be afraid to say I'm gonna. I want to do a criminal background check and a financial background check, because you might not know that mm-hmm. these people are so in the hole that yeah that they could exploit people totally. And and I'm so glad that you have family that 
is taking care of people and that yes. you're going to take care of them in the end too. And it's just fortunate and just, again, pre-planning, please do some pre-planning, especially cognitively if your relative is cognitively there, so to speak. Um, yes. Again, as we get older, certain things disappear from us and then some of us get the Alzheimer's, the dementia, that sort of thing. You know, um, um, my grandmother, <clears throat> my grandmother lived to be 94 and a half and um, she pre-planned everything. Like she wrote out everything. Like she had like a little box of jewelry for me. I was her only, she didn't have any daughters. So my dad was an only child and I was her only granddaughter. So, you know, it was kind of simple in that. Like she had this jewelry that she identified for me. She had it in a box. She had a note on it. She had, a, she had everything written out, like how she wanted her like funeral service, everything. And, you know, the pre-planning is so wonderful and uh, because then it takes the burden off of the children, you know, to have to come up with how to do this. And, and it's hard to talk to people about, hey, <clears throat> what do you want done? And we were fortunate enough that we have loved ones where we sat them down and my husband and I and, and we're like, what are your wishes? And they gave us their wishes. And we stuck to those wishes for for the two of them that passed away. I mean, the other ones are still alive, which is great. Mm -hmm. And we just, we know what their planning is. And yes, from a fiscal standpoint, credit check. Yeah. It, I was, it's okay. Have your dad go get a credit check once a year, at least just, just to see, you know, if you're getting those medical checkups, Go ahead and get a credit checkup at the same time. Mm -hmm. you know, but I have access sort of to that because I get it through the bank. So I, you know, I would get an annual credit report. No, but I'm you never I, know. But I'm saying, yeah, well, that's true. I mean, an independent credit report. But yes. yeah, the fact that like he wouldn't be doing anything electronically because honestly, you can't figure out how to do that. But it um, would be a big red flag too if you found it, like it's what true. is he doing. That that is true. That is true. So that that's a that's a really good point. Now I'm not sure how you go about doing that for another individual. Like I, I would probably sit down with them and go over yeah, it. Yeah. Is is what I would do. And say, Hey, this is know, a good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you you can do it at the same time too, you know. Yeah. Just, you know, just have it there, just have um one of the things we need to talk about is how to report fraud or financial exploitation. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Call, call the police. Okay. Let them know your local police department. Put it, get a report out there. They'll come over, or you can go to the police and and tell them like Aunt Edna's being exploited by this guy named Bob. That he has this, this, and this. And if you have pictures of anything. Uh, any type of uh, what fair market value it is, you probably want that to contact your local adult protective services office. If you don't know what it is, um, it's a social service program that helps older Americans throughout the U.S. If you do not have APS, adult protective services, their number, or you can't get it online, you can go to, and I have this one here, it says National Adult Protective Services Association. It's the NAPSA-NOW.org. 
and you can go and find help. And that, again, is the National Adult Protective Services Association. NAPSA-NOW.org is a very easy way to remember that. They'll give you information and then how to report abuse, how to talk to ombudsmen and and stuff like that. And we Mm -hmm. can talk about ombudsmen here, too. Uh, Contact your local attorney general's office. Um, We have a great um, elder justice unit in Ohio through the Ohio Attorney General's office, and it's ohioattorneygeneral.gov. I'm sure that if you contacted them and said, hey, I'm in Alabama or I'm in Maryland or or California, and go, I need to know about um, this elder abuse that's going on. Can you help me find someone? I'm sure any attorney general's office that you're going to contact, they have some sort of information to get you somewhere. It's just getting yourself on track to, to talk to them. Yeah, I you guess. Know, the, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, Adult Protective Services. I, I do have my little notes here. Uh, they're about uh, for to help vulnerable adults age 60 and older. So, Oh, wow, I even qualify. Farm, them, <laughs> there you go. So, um, Look out, like kids. AARP. Well, AARP <laughs> keeps going lower and lower and lower in their age. So, like, when you're 16, be like, mm. join AARP. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not picking on AARP Actually, you can they're, you they're can lovely. join AARP at 50. So, yeah, I think it's lower than that. Because oh, is it? My <clears> husband's <throat> lower, and he's, he has his little membership, and we get the magazines, and I like reading them. Mm. So. <laughs> yeah, my dad gets them. So. Yeah, yeah. That, that they're they're intuitive and they have a crossword puzzle in them occasionally from time to time. So there you go. I'm very happy about that. Um, Adult Protective Services. If you are in Ohio, you can call one eight five five Ohio APS, and it's one eight five five six four four six two seven seven, or you can visit jfs.ohio.gov. And they can give you a county directory of the different APS adult protective services. So if you're in one county, you might be able to call that county and they might be able to give you that information for the other county. So just make sure, you know, it's better to just start calling people and emailing people until they find the people to help you. Yeah. And I would just say, I apologize, but I don't have that information for California, but I would say call 911, contact your local police, contact your district attorney. Now, one thing that I would say, especially in California, like right now, I'm beyond disappointed with the way some local district attorneys now are in, I'm in Riverside County and you know, we're, it's different than LA County, San Francisco County, but they're not even, they're not even prosecuting like serious criminal activity. So I can't even imagine, are they going to pursue, you know, this type of criminal activity? Because it is definitely criminal activity. Yeah, I bet. It's difficult to prosecute. I bet it is. As a loved one, if you're wanting that person to, if you want to get guardianship of that person, this would be one of the steps is to talk yeah. to someone in charge to get them to help you so you can get guardianship so you can protect your loved one. Definitely. So and don't be discouraged if what you hear no. that, that, that they aren't prosecute. how you pronounce that? Prosecutorial? 
That's a hard word to say. Sounds good. <laughs> um, but please, please, you know, continue to call 911 or, you know, the local police. And um, in fact, um, I was hopeful to be able to have contact um, by our local police department. And I wasn't able to, to make that contact for this particular recording. So we may do a follow up if I'm able to get in contact with them. We could do like a bonus episode uh, and attach it to this episode um to find out what's happening here locally in uh riverside county california that that would be really important and something to do try the national places i i i'm sorry bobby but i have another another uh website that you can go to too okay and it's called pro seniors it's a nonprofit organization that provides free legal and long-term care assistance to older adults awesome so it's a legal hotline and um, this one's for Ohio residents, but I'm sure if you were to say, hey, can you help me? They might find some numbers for you. It's www.proseniors.org. And I do have a phone number. It's 1-800-488-6070. Again, 1-800-488-6070. And that's for Pro Seniors. Um, I know I have a lot of websites in here. A lot of what I went through personally, I had to go through talking to APS, Adult Protective Services. I had to talk to, uh, call 911 numerous times. Um, And also the Elder Justice Unit for Ohio, they were phenomenal in assisting uh, the one lady, Sylvia Place. She is amazing. She's very helpful. Her and her group were just astounding with helping uh, with the things that were going on. There was uh, some fraud going on, and it was, unfortunately, that wasn't taken care of, but we were able to remove the loved one from the situation. So that's really what it is. Um, that's kind of a lot of what um, what I wanted to talk about. And then we have some other small things like Esther's Law and um, – also, know whether or not your broker or your financial person that you're talking to is licensed and oh, might yeah, be something we sure. could talk about at a different time. Yeah, but m- make sure these people are registered. You can go to the SEC.gov um, and, and make sure, and that's the what, Security Exchange Commission, and make sure that they are um, investment registered if, you're, if you have investments and stuff like that. Um, Esther's Law, March 23rd. It's coming up here. Um, next week. 2022. Yep. Mm-hmm. Next and week. It, it helps older adults. And what happens is you can go in and put um, monitoring devices in the residence room. And what happened was there was a lady by the name, I can't remember Esther's last name. Her son kept saying there was something going on, and she ultimately succumbed to the abuse at the nursing home. And with Esther's Law, we can put a camera in there. You can see what's going on with your loved one. Her Um, name was Esther Piscor, um, which is P-I-S-K-O-R, in case you want to look that up. And look it up. It's it's very interesting. You can go to, um, there's the area, I always flub this up, the area on 
aging agency, which I know is incorrect, but you can go to uh, HTTPS uh, colon forward slash forward slash aging dot Ohio dot gov. And it can give you information on Esther's law and it's E-S-T-H-E-R for Esther in case you're curious. And you can see uh, area agencies on aging. I always have a problem saying that. I just call them the AAA whenever I'm reading them because I read through it so quickly. But um, you really want to look at your local area agencies on aging because they can give you a lot of information. Services that they provide are, it varies depending on what location you're in. And a lot of it's location, location, location. But um, I don't ever want to say tester, but talk to your APS people, talk to any of the elder care, your ombudsman. Ombudsmans are generally for um, nursing homes. So if you have, um, if Aunt Franny is in the nursing home, you can go and talk to an ombudsman and that ombudsman can can look in on her, make sure she's doing okay. If there's an issue, they can report on it or you can report on it to the ombudsman, make them aware of it, make sure that the um, any of the elder abuse places have that information. Mm-hmm. Um, now let's, I know we're, we're no, kind yeah. of short on time. Yeah, right? we, we are. We're at about 45 minutes right now, and I did want to just kind of touch on the church's involvement. Yeah. And I know... Like as far as mandatory reporting, like schools, doctors, I mean, things like that are, they're required to report. I'm honestly not sure about a church, but I would hope that a church um, would report any concerns that they see to local law enforcement. And as far as the church is concerned, clearly as a Christian, we know within the Ten Commandments that we are to honor thy father and thy mother. So when we're talking about our parents, um, and I think that could be extended to any any other um, elders in our families or even our friends that that we are to honor them. And so in no way should we be abusing them in any way, shape, or form. And that includes all of these areas that we talked about. Um, I wrote some notes for this. Okay. Know, know your parish nurse and that that goes you know that goes from pastor to deacons to you know altar boys if you even have those make sure you know your parish nurse make sure you know if you know that aunt edna dresses to the nines to go to church and she's been showing up in you know flannel for house coat or something like that maybe there's something going on and mm-hmm. maybe you need to check on her yeah um and then sometimes the church is the family for older adults. Absolutely. You, know, you, Absolutely. you hate to say that, but that, it's that's true. Because think about this. It's like when you get older, so many of your family members and friends have passed away. And so, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, that becomes your family. I mean, it's, it's, it's our family too. I mean, like, you know, we have our bio family and then we have our church family and then we have our friends and everything else. And so, yeah, our church family is very important to us. And, uh, and- Know your family um, shepherds. If if you have emergency contact lists, you might want to have an emergency contact list for all the adults within your church. You know, have Edna in there, and and have like a couple emergency contacts just in case. You know, in the in this day of 
you know, unfortunate violence towards churches, you might want to have a, a shepherd's number and, and have like Aunt Edna, she's related to Bonnie and Bonnie's in Georgia right now. Um, here's her phone number if you need to, to contact a, a relative or if they don't have a relative you know, have a couple of people within the church that will go and, and, and check on, on mm-hmm. people. Definitely. And I would, I wanted to just give a shout out to uh, Pastor Rocky. Um, Pastor Rocky is a faithful listener of the show. And he actually um, spoke to me about some local law enforcement and some other, so he is familiar with this. And so I would like to um, find out from Rocky, uh, Pastor Rocky, uh what the church's responsibilities are. So maybe that'll be another segment to find out about the church's responsibilities with respect to this particular topic. And I knew that that in and of itself would take longer. So it's not something we would want to cover on today. Today was really making everyone aware of this issue of elder abuse and um, all the different aspects associated with that. But what we're going to do is encourage everyone to send in any follow-up questions or any particular aspects of this that you would like us to delve further into, and we would be happy to come back and do another episode uh, with respect to elder abuse. And I would also like to explore those areas of with uh, Pastor Rocky, with local law enforcement, and to find out, say, even locally within the area that I live within Riverside County, California, what's happening. And uh, as we talked a little bit about Ohio today, but we know that this is a national issue. Uh, if one in 10 elders are being abused, I, it's like it's just hard for me to comprehend and I know when we've seen like different excerpts from 2020 or some 60 Minutes or, you know, some of those news shows where they would have these cameras installed and, you know, like the, the, the healthcare providers, you'd see them like slapping and hitting and like even sexually abusing, which I can't even like, that's just beyond the pale. Like I can't even comprehend how somebody could sexually abuse an elderly person. Like I just, I can't. I just can't. That's just like a child. I just can't. <laughs> and, um, and it's more about it's elderly and it's also those that um, have disabilities and they can't. Yes, they can't defend themselves. themselves. Yeah. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Um, was there anything else you wanted to share, Stacy? before we go? Maybe we're going to have a follow up on this. I, I think maybe a follow up. Please ask some questions. I will research. Bobby will research. Mm -hmm. Um, I I can't wait to listen to Pastor Rocky and see what he has to say, too. A lot of it is know your family, know your friends, know your loved ones. If there's an issue, see something, say something, because it may be too late if, if you let it go too far. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we want to thank you for joining us today. And if you have any follow-up, if you have any uh, feedback, please uh, email us at realworldpod at gmail.com. We hope if you're on Facebook that you join our Facebook group, which is a real world podcast group. And it's a public group. And we hope that uh, you can also provide feedback on there as well. And um, we thank you for joining us and we hope you have a wonderful day.